0: Welcome to episode 55 of the Rapid Change Matters podcast, a conversation with hypnotherapist, author, and founder of Fatnosis, Steve Miller. My name's Howard Cooper, and for over 14 years now, I've been fascinated with helping people to create personal change quickly. But I still come across many who believe that lasting personal change has to take a long time, consisting of reliving traumas or deep psychological analysis or simply that flawed notion that understanding why you have a problem will somehow make it go away. I'm on a mission to get people who work therapeutically with others to shift their thinking, and realize that these beliefs are not written in stone. Rapid change can happen. So, to help you open up to what's possible, I'm chatting with top therapists and agents of change who are out there, getting real results with real people really quickly. Before we get to the interview, I've got big news. Rapid Change Works is now running live training events, and you can check out the latest events coming up by visiting rapidchange.works, where you can also download a free, quick-to-read PDF on five strategies to amplify your client's response, along with all the information about this episode and episodes still to come. Now, over to the interview. Today's conversation is with the author and founder of the specialist mindset and weight management programme, Fatgnosis. He's also no stranger to the public spotlight, with regular national TV appearances, including Good Morning Britain, ITV's This Morning and BBC Sunday Morning Live, to name a few. He was also the presenter of Sky TV's Fat Families, which was sold in 14 countries. His passion for helping people lose weight is strong. And so is the straight-talking, no-nonsense approach he uses, which sometimes causes a few raised eyebrows, but nevertheless seems to get results. He also helps hypnotherapists learn how to build their practices, so there is much to chat about today. Welcome to the podcast, Steve Miller.
1: Oh, Thank you for having me. Delighted. Lots to talk about indeed.
0: Indeed. Well, it's great to have you. Absolutely great. And I'm hoping we can jump straight in. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and I- really curious about how you got started
1: well i mean i uh, background wise uh, i'll give you a summary background wise i was um a council house kid my mum was a cleaner my dad worked in a kind of factory environment and um it was a very straight-talking household actually you know it was very loving and caring but it's very straight talking and I, i i always explain that because i think some of my um Style is probably been conditioned by that, which I'm kind of cool with. So after that, I, I went to school, did rubbish at school, did useless at school. Then I went to college and I did my exams again and did okay. Then I went uh, on and studied a bit more. Then what I decided to do was to become a redcoat at Butlins in Skegness. Now, That was a great grounding for me because it also gave me the opportunity to understand people and the dynamics of people because I was front of house, obviously. So I did that. And then I went into the world of sales and worked my way up to be a sales director before bridging over to the world of HR. And when I did that, I then um decided to train in hypnosis and hypnotherapy, mainly because there was a time when I had very bad panic attacks, and I went to a hypnotherapist, and I have to say he was brilliant, he was fantastic, and I was so inspired by the result that I thought to myself, you know i I actually want to know more about this i didn 't think i i mean I had no idea you know where my career would go from that. But, you know, I look back and I've worked hard. Um, There's a lot more to be done. And I love it. I love what I do. And I believe passionately in what I do.
0: Absolutely great. And and I'm curious because I I spoke to a lot of change workers over the years and a common thread seems to keep emerging, which is uh, sometimes you get people who are kind of ex-performers. And that there's this element of the performance that brings out and helps to kind of evoke states in people. Um, and then I've talked to other people who kind of believe sometimes that change is about selling change. And Then you've got this background as a sales guy uh, and some sales experience. Do you, Do you think these two things have really impacted the way you work with people, the performer and the salesman? Yeah. I mean, I've always been a gobshite.
1: I, oh, you know, I have done, I've always had an opinion. Although years ago I was, you know, there was times when I was quite submissive and whatever, but I've always had an opinion and, um, Yes, I probably have got it in a showman. I mean, I was at Butlins as a red coat and all that sort of thing and loved it. And people say to me quite often, you know, oh, do you like attention? I say, of course, I fucking like attention. Why wouldn't you want attention? Do you know what I mean? Especially if you're going to be a change worker and you're going to build a business, you're going to want that sort of attention, you know, constructive attention. And um, so, yes, I think probably there is an inner showman there somewhere
0: so tell us about fat and how that how that came about how that developed
1: well when i started working with as a hypnotherapist i decided i wanted to do weight loss as a kind of niche area and i've got to be honest with you i was in when i started i was bloody useless i was absolute rubbish and the reason why i was rubbish was I soon began. I always remember. actually. I'll tell you the story. I, t- I w- was working with a client who was frustrating the hell out of me. And I said to my partner, do you know, I just want to tell some of these people, give it on straight a little bit, because I think that will motivate them, you know, be the person that I am and so I did and the results became phenomenally good so what you know time passed years passed and then I obviously became a published author not self-published I was a published author I was paid and my books sold very well and then I obviously did Fat Families which was a great hit tv show I actually then what I did do is I went over to Holland to present a TV show as well, called you Tide, which did OK. Um, but then when I got back, I wanted to specialise in weight loss, obviously, because that's where my career was going. And and also um, I thought to myself, I want to model. I want a model that is a kind of um, straight talking model, blending motivation and mindset as well. That, mm-hmm. That's what that's kind of the history to it. So I mean, fatnosis, and I'm just realising someone started a lawnmower. Is that affecting us <laughs> as we chat?
0: Listen, it isn't, Don't worry about that. It's important okay, that fine, your neighbours, okay. whoever it is, has a very well-cut lawn. That our yeah, listeners so will do, understand.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I mean, with fatfatnosis now, fatnosis blends three arms. Okay. Arm number one is about helping people to condition their mindset and motivate their mindset through I call it mind programming which is hypnosis really and then the second arm is all about motivational intervention and then the third arm is the 80-20 meal planning regime so actually the food bit is very straightforward very easy and the underpinning um what, what underpins all of this is a tone that is honest a tone that is honest straight talking but massively supportive so you know i mean i never forget in the therapy world when i was saying i you know i used the word fat and uh, it was as though i'd invited donald trump over to to run the national health service honest to god you know it was because i'd used the word fat well you know i do use the word fat so i said to those people get over it and and so that the tone of it is strange and as you say you know the results over the last 18 months in particular have been phenomenal and I get uh you know I get lots of feedback from people saying to me actually it's a breath of fresh air Steve it's a real breath of fresh air interestingly I very rarely get an issue with somebody that is fat it's usually a, a therapist that is this sort of, you know, head tilter that kind of wants to tell me I shouldn't say it. Well, I say up yours to those, right? Because it ain't changing. Um, and of course, you've got fat hypnotherapists as well who can sometimes get defensive. So actually, there are some fat people that don't, you know, have an issue sometimes. But you know, I, I, as you say, alluded to, my style. Is, um, is very warm, actually. It's very warm, but I will talk to you like you're my best friend as a client, so I tell you the truth. And the results are very, very good. I
0: They're See, very- I think there's something really fascinating here about... I think often people misinterpret what rapport is. They, they, they think that rapport is just kind of being very nice to someone and making sure that, you know, almost kind of treading on eggshells and saying, oh, everything's going to be all right. We mustn't... You know, and they almost see that if you say something that's very truthful or very direct, that you'll lose rapport. And one could argue, could you not, that, that it's it's almost a deeper level of rapport. You're saying the stuff that they're feeling and thinking. but not Well, pulling I think, them out I, think
1: I, I, I keep it really practical. The thing is, I can't sit in front of a client and lie to them. So if I think they're being lazy or if I think they they're fibbing, I will tell them. Yeah, I will absolutely tell. So, you know, I always remember one client saying to me and and she was very overweight. She was very fat. And this client, she she sat there and she said, I'd like a relationship, Steve. But who's going to look at me looking like this? And I said to her, very few, my darling, because most men are not chubby chasers. And she laughed and she she said, this is the breath of fresh air that I want. And she went on and lost 10 stone in weight. She went on and lost 10 stone in weight. So it is about being honest with people. And I always say if the client knows you're on their side, well, you get away with it, don't you? You know, you can, you can, and and that's how fatnosis works. You know, it's not about bullying people. It's actually about tough love at times, yeah. but it is about being straight with people. But at the same time, lots of support, lots of arm around the shoulder, lots of celebration as well for people um, at the same time. And it seems to work. You know, it seems to work. And and people often say that you know, as the uh, Steve, you're just the right person to lead the backnosus brand. And that's, of course, what I now do. And I do, you know, I'm I'm called upon by the media quite a lot to talk about, you know, my my own view on weight loss um, and different, you know, magazines, TV shows, that sort of thing. And then, you know, my ambition in 2019 is to build up the fat gnosis practitioners because, there's, you know, a lot of hypnotherapists out there and people generally that could actually do really well with the fat gnosis style yes i've proved it gets results
0: what, what would you say to people who are going well this is this kind of sounds interesting but i'm not sure that i would have the guts to be able to to kind of be that honest and direct with people
1: well what i would say to them is being honest and direct isn't about being rude to people you know there are ways to deliver that you can reframe it so if i want to so if i go back to the example where that lady said but steve who's going to look at me looking like this she wanted a relationship now i know i am very direct and and i know that but of course a fat noses practitioner could could say you know the reality let's look at the reality and what are you thinking and she would say well i just don't think anyone will look at me and i i think it's then fair to say to someone and you could do it more gentle in a way that says something like, do you know what? I understand your pain. I understand this. And I think you've, you've got that, the point you're identifying is, a, is is an accurate one. You know? So it's not, a, it, you know, and that's softer than saying like I would. Actually, not many, because most men are not chubby chasers. Yeah. yeah? That's the Steve Miller personality. The gnosis personality is more, slightly more gentle than that
0: so the the, the, the idea being the fat gnosis it, it can be adapted to fit in with your personality uh, uh, as well
1: yes of course it can because yes. we're all different we're all different and so long as the model of the mind programming is followed the motivational intervention is tailored the eighty twenty meal planning uh, is there mm. then you know people can do it mm. and um yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like I say. I keep coming back to the point. It it, it works, and yeah. and also, you know, I, I I'm so pleased with some of my fat noses practitioners. One in particular in Leeds, Karen. You know, she's getting the most fantastic results and clients through the door because she's building this reputation, and also she's got me shouting, you know, go to Karen, go to Karen. You know, if you're in Leeds or whatever.
0: It's fantastic, and and certainly, look, I I. I the reason I ask you is because I've also used from time to time quite provocative moments within the therapeutic well, interaction. Well, Frank
1: Barrelly. I mean, Frank yeah, he's brilliant. And, you know, he's no longer with us, sadly, but he, he was kind of the warm hearted son of a bitch, really. Yeah. But he had heart. And I kind of, you know, people have said to me, you know, do you use some of that sort of stuff? Well, I, I use me. I am, you know, me. But the provocative, thing, I, I get it. And it works. And he was a kind man. He yeah. was a
0: nice man, you know. But what I get the sense of is you when, when you when you're doing this, it's not a technique. You're not doing the I'm doing this as a technique. You're just being you. And you've got that intention behind it that total honesty and i'm going to help you and i'm just going to say it like it is it's not an applied i'm doing a technique
1: yeah absolutely the, the key thing of course is at the very beginning of working with somebody is to make it clear how fatnosis works and i always say to, to uh, prospective clients it's for many but it's not for all yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: once i explain it and say look I use the word fat. I will be honest with you. I will a- ask you to be accountable with me. They actually say to me, breath of fresh air. This is what I want. Because a lot of them have tried everything. A lot of these people have tried everything. And they are desperate. Yeah, And and as you know, other hypnotherapists will agree with this, is it is a mindset and motivation
0: thing. No, I, I, absolutely. I'm curious because... I- so I, I've seen you in the press uh, and the media for quite a while now and o- often uh, being accused by, shall I say, nutritionists and people like that of, you know, fat shaming. And, you know, they kind of paint this picture of you being, you know, willing to go out on the street and going, you're fat and so on. It doesn't strike me as as, as that knowing, knowing you and, and having chatted a little bit. It doesn't strike me that that's your that's what you you mean. Well,
1: uh, in fact, I was asked this on BBC Sunday Live a few weeks ago, and I made it clear with fat shaming because I do get a bit fed up of all this. You're, oh, you're fat shaming, you know. Uh, yeah. you know. So anyway, I, I want to answer this question there are two types of fat shaming. The first one is not constructive. Now the first one not constructive is where you walk down the street calling people names. Yeah, that is not, sorry, cat. (laughs) you can hear my cat people. Uh, She's got Alzheimer's, bless her, cat Alzheimer's. So the first one is where you walk down the street teasing people, calling people names when they don't want it, yeah, that is not constructive. However, constructive fat shaming is where you are completely honest about the impact or the or what can happen when you are too fat Mm -hmm. and yes i will say to people if you are too fat you are more likely to uh die of cancer heart disease stroke the list goes on and if people say to me you know and i will say this to people can you look gorgeous and fat i say to them no No, and I say that with a heart because what happens is, you know, I see fat as a duvet blanket that's hiding all of the true features of you. And that's what I say to them. So can you look beautiful and fat? No, absolutely not. And some people take offense with that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's them, but that's my belief. And I have to say that I don't think I've ever had one fat person disagree with me
0: and of course you're not saying to you're not saying that um oh you know if you're fat you're a bad person
1: no it's about the fat yeah that's the difference it's about the fat not the person and that's the difference but you know fat shaming we, we as a nation have got to get over this seriously get over it because only a few months ago cancer research were accused of fat shaming They put out a warning saying that obesity was the second core trigger of cancer. And then you've got the, you know, fat acceptance brigade jumping up and down, uh, talking about, you know, that's fat shaming. I think it's absolute bullshit to say it's fat shaming, complete bullshit. You know, I asked those people, have you been on the cancer wards? Have you visited people that have had a stroke? Have you visited someone that's had a heart attack because they're too fat? That's what I say to those people. So actually, most fat people don't tell me I'm fat shaming. It's usually the ones that are thin, slim, that tell me I might be. But, you know, what I do say is it will not be changing. Yep. I will not be changing that
0: that standard. This leads me to on, onto another area that I'd love to talk to you about, which is, you know, and actually you said in the rapid fire round, and by the way, if any listeners are going rapid fire round, Where, where's the rapid fire round? Scroll down, scroll down underneath this episode. You'll see it. It was released a few days before the episode went out. But one of the questions I asked you, Steve, was what is the, um, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? And you, you, you said, well, to not worry about what people think. And of course, being in the public uh, domain and saying some of these things that you've said, you have had a fair amount of criticism and people saying you can't say that this is outrageous and so on and been have been quite critical how do you deal with with criticism how do you deal with that and as you said i'm not changing
1: no i'm not changing yeah. uh, what do i do well I've got listen, I've got a sense of humour and I, I so I use my humour. I also put my arm around those people, so to speak, you know, by giving them a bit of love and saying, Well, talk to me. Why don't you why don't you agree? And often often what's very interesting is often those people, once you have a chat with them, they get it. They get it. They've thought, they've reflected, they've looked deeply at what they're going on about and they and they kind of get it. Um But, you know, people have often said to me, how do you cope with all those comments Mm. And, and that sort of thing? And I say to them, look, in a funny sort of way, hated is rated. Do you know what I mean? In that, hated is rated because, you know, I can't please everybody. But what's brilliant is what I also do is I reflect on the, and look at the comments that I receive and emails I receive from people that absolutely love fat gnosis. Those people are normally fat people who love it because it's a breath of fresh air, love it because it's got a a little bit of humor with it, love it because it's a mindset and motivation program and not uh, some rigid diet. Mm -hmm. So actually, you know, you, if you put yourself out there You're going to get it You know you're going to get it But you're right um, I won't change Because I believe in, You know I have the right To have my opinion And also uh, I I am on a kind of mission I guess To, to get people uh, um, To sort of jolt people That are putting their lives at risk Jolt them into taking action So that they feel more confident of course and the self-esteem comes back but also don't die too quick
0: yeah which seems like a kind of worthwhile mission
1: well i think so i mean there's different ways to do it isn't there you know there's different ways what what, i think you see i think the kind of airy fairy way of head tilting and relaxation and all that sort of thing I think that can contributes to keeping people fat, because what you're doing is you're kind of stroking the fat. What you're not doing is is challenging people. You're not making people accountable, you know. And like I say, with fatnosis, what happens is at the very beginning of the program, you explain it thoroughly to the client Anyway, mm. but what's very interesting is that sometimes practitioners they will explain the program of fatnosis then they'll explain the alternative which is a softer one they may deliver most people want fatnosis most people want the fatnosis because it is that breath of fresh air and it's not and they realize it's not about being horrible it's about being honest straight talking supportive celebratory
0: so so you mentioned again in the rapid fire round that one of the things you changed your mind about was that you know relaxation and hypnosis kind of go together and you know you're already alluding again to the fact that they're not the same and and they don't necessarily go together when when did you discover or decide that there wasn't that connection
1: well i'm a very practical thinking person and very down to earth about this listen if someone's sitting in a chair and they're fat and they want to lose weight the reason they're fat is they're too relaxed right and i say that from a point of view of not just the moving morbid but mentally They're too relaxed. So my belief is absolutely that within the mindset, programming, hypnosis, et cetera, it's got to be inspirational. It's got to be motivational. It's got to have conviction. You want the client to walk out the door thinking, wow, that was great. You know, I really feel I'm doing this now. Now, you're not going to do that with a walk in the meadows. In terms of relaxation, you know, take your shoes off and feel that the earth beneath your feet and all of that sort of stuff So yes, um, in fact, nosis relaxation is contraindicated if that's the right words and um, It's all about motivation and I tell you what To be a fat gnosis practitioner Isn't actually in a lot of ways hard work and I'll tell you why number one you're up front with people from the start and they love it. Secondly, if they don't lose weight every week anyway, you take them off your program. That rarely happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And thirdly, because it's very motivational and positive, but honest and accountable, it's, it's pretty smooth, actually. It's pretty smooth. Whereas if you're doing lots of relaxation type work and just positive suggestion and visualization and all of that, it's likely... That the client will stay fat in my opinion i believe that they you know based on my experience yep. that's what i believe
0: well I, I think your your term about accountability is just so bang on um you know this idea because i've i've had people and they what they want to do what they really want to do is they want to lie on the couch and someone takes them for that walk on that meadow and then they leave and magically they don't have to do anything but just oh i've suddenly become slim how did that happen well that was a nice walk wasn't it but like, it's not going to happen that way.
1: No. And, and the thing is, you see, that a lot of clients will come to you thinking you're the magic wand.
0: Mm.
1: And what we need to say is, I'm not. Yeah. Yes, I'm good at what I do. This is what we need to say. I'm good at what I do. As you know, I get results. Very powerful that. As you know, I get results. But I am not the magic wand. So what I say to clients is, I'll put 50% in for this teamwork and, and in fact is about teamwork with the client i'll put 50 percent in you put the other 50 percent in and we will get the result
0: yeah well it's funny because you, you mentioned obviously i know that you you lost four stone uh what many people don't know is about four and a half five years ago i also lost uh, about four stone so i had this weird transition where people hadn't seen me for a long time and then they'd see me and they'd look at me and they'd go like this they go what how, what, just look at you. How have you done that? How have you done that? Tell me what you did. Tell me what you did. You look and, how handsome you are now. And Well, thank you. It's the beard, you know. Yeah, and, uh, you. yeah we should start doing this and, and record the visuals for all those wonderful viewers at home. Um, but uh, it's funny because I would tell them. And what I would tell them was, well, I spent like about a year being careful and exercising and looking after myself and doing all this stuff. And then they'd go like this. They'd go, oh, because yeah. what they really wanted to hear, I think magic what they wanted guilt. to hear was, yeah, that I was walking down the street and I met a man selling a magic bean. Yeah, and they took it and <laughs> done. They're not willing to be accountable, and I think that's it's just so bang on that. Yes,
1: the the accountability is really important, and and, and we have to be clear that weight loss, weight management, is a personal responsibility thing. And what I would say, what I to say to people is, look, look. I cannot come into, into your body and do this for you. You have to own your body. But what I will do is give you support, motivation, the mind programming, all of these tools. Yeah, but you've got to own it. You've got to take lead responsibility. And they they get it. You know, I've never had a client that doesn't get it at the beginning. With you, once you explain all that, you've got permission. To request the accountability and to use the word "fat" and to be honest with people, you've got the permission.
0: Yeah. So I love this. Set it, setting things up right at the beginning of the process to be able to create the program that you want. How how long do these things work with people? Do you do? Are you, is it weekly, monthly? Yeah. The,
1: the, yeah. I. I. Well, the, the the standard program is six weeks. The goal is at the end of the six weeks for a, a client to understand how to continue to manage their weight into the future. So what you're doing is through six weeks, you are motivating, you are reconditioning the person in a lot of ways to en- uh, embrace new habits, a new way of living, a new way of being. And th- there's a real central theme to this as well. That I've kind of not mentioned, which is throughout what you're doing as a practitioner is you are driving the aspiration. Of the person as well, and and that on a practical level that means things like you know being able to wear those clothes that they've never been able to wear, being able to wear uh, different colours rather than black, you know, being able to recognise that their level of fitness is improved, being able to understand that now they can talk to their GP about reducing their medication for certain things. So it's all about aspiration all the way through it. So, and the key, the key actually, so it's balanced. Fatness issues is the push and pull style of motivation. So you've got that kind of, you know. And I always say to the to the practitioners is, whenever you give a push style of motivation, you must always give a pull as well, and vice versa. So if I if I was to say to someone, no, I come on that I think that's an excuse and excuses will mean you stay fat that's a push yeah so I'm pushing the person and that means that you won't be able to wear those and then I would add on to that but you know what I absolutely believe in you so I want you to do exactly what I'm gonna tell you to do for your benefit so that you can walk into whatever shop it is they want to yeah yeah and that's what we're gonna do so it's all about the blend
0: I it's funny because you jumped in there and, and kind of answered the question I was about to ask you, which is because I've often thought that one of the things with yo-yo dieters is that they're all about, to use your words, The uh they kind of create motivation often to go into fits or losing weight by moving away from the pain of it all. Oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm so fat, I can't bear what I look like. So what they do is they, they go, right, I'm getting on it. And they have like two, three weeks where they're on it. And then what they do, look in the mirror and they go, oh, I've done quite well now. Now I'm not. But you see, what happens is their motivation goes down because they're further away from the thing that motivated them. So you're putting in that that moving towards goal as well. Yeah, the moving towards is important. But equally, and I'll give
1: a practical example of this from yesterday. Equally, you need to keep the push style alive, even when you are an ideal weight. So, for example, yesterday I had a, a client, former client. And she messaged me and she showed me, she said, this is what I look at when I absolutely need to make sure I stay on the wagon, so to speak, you know, weight management. Mm -hmm. And it's her big fat picture. It's a big fat She said, I don't have to look at that and I regain control. I regain control. And so so what I I say to the clients as they move forward is always balance the push and the pull. Always balance the push and the pull. You've got to have both. You've got to have both.
0: And obviously, this is the look. This is the rapid change matters podcast. I'm curious. Can you tell us about a couple of examples of, of people that have come in? They've done the six week program, and they've continued, and they've just lost, you know, and uh, the weight and transformed their lives.
1: Yeah, uh, there's, t- the, the, there's many, but I'll, I'll give you two. Actually, actually, I'll give you two examples. Actually, I'm going to give you two examples. Um, that are slightly different. So the first one was a lady that came to see me that had a disability and she was in the uh, she was on sticks, bless her. And she came in, we chatted and she loved all the fun of the straight talking. She was very, very, um, how do I describe it? She just very buoyant with it and liked the straight talking. And she was um, disabled, she was disabled because she'd had an accident, she'd had an accident and anyway, to cut a long story short she lost 10 stone and is now a different person and she she doesn't have to use the wheelchair as much and the sticks, well, all that sort of thing so that, that's, that's one of the, the great ones. The other one um, is where someone just followed me in terms of my advice that I was putting out there and um, it was an American lady, a young lady. And she said to me, do you know what? I followed you. And she downed, she'd looked at some episodes of my show and all that sort of thing. And she said, for years, I've been bullied for being fat. And she said, but I listened to you, Steve. And I got it. It made sense. And she said to me, actually, and, and she said to me, and this is true, she said to me, no one cares about fat people like you do, Steve. And that really moved me. That was some years, a few years ago now. But she absolutely transformed herself. And But it was the emotion of that that mm. I was delighted with, you know. So, you know, uh, they, there's, there's many, you know, I'm posting them in uh, my For Facebook sure. group. Time Yeah, of, of different results. In fact, this week, I got a great one this week. This was lovely. An American guy who uh, contacted me to say something similar that he had followed me and that he's lost. I don't know how much he's lost, but he's transformed. He doesn't look as fat at all like he was. And he said to me, I started valuing myself, Steve, listening to you. I respected me and not the fat. And That's the difference. That's the difference. So it's about respecting you, but no, be angry about fat. It's you know if you're too fat, it's it's not nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's lost his weight and he, he thanked me, and that was lovely. You know.
0: Fantastic. And so, so some of my listeners will know that I did a survey. Oh about a year ago and asked what's the number one thing that's kind of holding you back from being the the change worker you'd like to be and uh, a bunch of people came back and said well you know uh, essentially business development skills like uh, and there's something interesting there which is i think i see a lot of people who are going on the next course they're trying to be the best change worker they can be they're building up these amazing skills and yet they're sitting in a clinic with no one to see and that doesn't sound massively useful um either so this is something that that you, you also do a little bit around helping people to build up their practices um what are the tips What what is the advice that you would have for people who are trying to build up their practice and get started in all of this
1: yes okay i would say that the first thing is to niche okay avoid being all things to all people and within that you could also super niche okay so i'll give you an example mm. to help people you may your niche may be um confidence, yeah, helping people with confidence. But your super niche may be public speaking confidence. So you're actually narrowing it down. Now the more narrow you do that, um, the more likely is you'll become perceived as an expert, you'll become perceived as someone that gets results and and all that sort of stuff. So the first one is niche or super niche, without a doubt. The second thing is is to make sure that you've got social proof. If you're putting yourself out there as a change worker, claiming X, Y, Z, you've also got to show ABC that you're not all mouth. Yeah, you're not all mouth, that you do get results Uh, because it's all right. You know, we can all spout the theory. We can all spout what, you know, whatever post we want to put out there. But if you're not, if you don't get results, then, you know, you might be, you know, a fake Okay, so that's the second one. So make sure you've got social proof. The third one is to have lots of conviction online, lots of conviction, because without conviction, you're screwed. The word the world of change workers, if I'm understanding it right, is saturated. It's saturated coaches, therapists, counsellors, change agents, consultants. They're everywhere, okay? They're everywhere. So, what you've got to do is have a differentiation. Now, the differentiation comes from your conviction, your conviction online. So, that means being true to yourself. Do not worry about having to please everybody, all right? Do not worry about that, is what I say to people. Having conviction in things like your live feeds. Having conviction in your post. And what I also say, and I'm going to swear here, so if you don't like it, guys, then close your ears, is don't be wanky. Don't be wanky. Because, you know, all those quotes and all of this quote here and quote there, you know, let me give you, you know, imagine the situation. If you're a change worker helping people overcome anxiety and panic attacks, right? And on your Facebook, you know, your, your prospective client is sitting there thinking, help me, help me, help me. And then what you do is put a quote out there, something like, you know, nothing is good or bad, only think it makes it so. You know, some wanky, well, it's not a wanky quote, it's a good quote, but, you know, they don't want that. Talk to the pain with conviction. Show your muscle with social proof. Show your muscle with strong advice. Never, ever think you're giving too much away for free. The relationship is critical. You've got to have the relationship and the respect. People need to respect you. The other thing I would say very quickly is I would uh, recommend email marketing to build, uh, build your list. I think that's very important. Um, I would also say, um, also, uh, think about online monetization as well. So it's not just about the traditional, you know, clients seeing clients, you've got a product portfolio. This is the beauty of being niche, you see, because what happens is your products sell generally much better if you're niche. Mm. So think about monetization online. The other thing I would say is if you've got a great story, case study, you've worked with a client and it's such a breakthrough and the the client gives express permission to share it, then um, PR, PR is another strategy as well. So, those are some of the things. I hope that. Is that uh, absolutely absolutely
0: oh. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant advice, all of that. Um, if, if people are having, uh, you know, they get good case studies and they're working with someone, it's working really well. How do you go about encouraging them to be open to sharing it with the, the, the press, the media?
1: Uh, uh, the client, you refer mm. to the client. Yeah. Well, I will, there's two ways of doing this, okay? The first way to help people, help the change workers here is. To offer a service for nothing for free with an expressed agreement that the person, if it all works out fine, will actually work with you to publish that work okay in the media or whatever. And then the other, the other number two, number two is rapport. Yeah, it's listen if a client really adores you and they like you and you connect. Nine times out of ten, they'll help you. And, I, and people in the past have said to me, you know, oh, people wouldn't share depression, people wouldn't share anxiety, people wouldn't do, eight, do all this stuff. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And I and I will I will quote a guy Daniel McDermott, who is a hypnotherapist. He's got heaps of social proof, heaps of social, proof. very successful in business. Daniel delighted to be his coach, and he does very well. Very well indeed. Twenty twenty five clients every week.
0: Fantastic. See if people are listening to this and they're going, I, I love, I love this. It's straight talking, it's no nonsense, it's exactly where we want to be. How can they get in touch with you? How can they find out more?
1: Well, they can email me at hello at hypnotherapy business school dot co dot uk or They can email me at um, hello at yourweightlossmaster.co.uk. And uh, and there's details. I'm sure you'll include this. Of course. Put this out. Uh, There's details of my next licensed practitioner, which is taking place in 2019. Okay. It's either March or April uh, next year. So if people are interested, they want to know more, then just, you know, drop me a note and and I can Talk
0: about it with you. And we can put all the links that you want underneath the episode, so it's nice and easy for people to find all that stuff as well. Steve, the final question that I have, and it's it's the one question I often end with, it's it's this: um when we talked about you coming on the Rapid Change Matters podcast, um, talking about all things change and so on, is there anything that you thought would come up, but that I just haven't asked directly, that you'd like to share? Well,
1: I think you that you that you haven't asked that Mm. i would like to share
0: Mm.
1: well yes i think the future you could have asked me maybe you know what about the future Uh, where where are you going with this steve
0: you know what i have come up with a really good question what about the future steve it's a
1: good one to answer on listen well i can summarize that um my intention is to continue with fatnosis massively my intention is to drive the brand forward my intention is to get some brilliant practitioners out there my intention is to make sure that fatnosis continues to be the breath of fresh air that it already is my intention is to make sure that we continue to get the the stunning transformations that we get as well am i ambitious yes i am do i ever will i ever retire no i won't okay so i guess that's the future and i'm really Positive about it, really positive
0: about it. Amazing, amazing. Well, look, Steve, I've, I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed my time with you this morning uh, and chatting. And I hope the listeners as well have um, not just enjoyed it, but also listened uh, and thought deeply about some of the things that you're pointing towards and this idea of framing the program ahead of time, some um, absolutely amazing tips on building up a practice uh, and just being direct and honest and letting the intention shine through. I just think are fundamentally amazing things
1: yeah they are the one thing you didn't ask me i thought mm. you were gonna ask me about fallibility oh
0: actually. what i well, meant to be, hold, on a, second, to hold on a second hold on a second let's not let's not let him go too soon Um no this is this is a good one nice yeah. one to end on actually
1: yeah with a bit of support for everybody listening to this it's okay not to be perfect it's okay to cock up it's okay to make mistakes and once you release, because I I say that from the heart because I used to have this script in my mind which says I must be perfect, yeah. Mm. And I say to people, you know, release that because we're not perfect and it's all right. And once you accept that, that cock-ups happen, mistakes happen, you'll fall. Once you accept fallibility, you do much better work, and you also do uh, much better in business as well. So, so I think that's a nice way to end on actually.
0: Uh, I, i totally totally agree well steve thank you again for joining us and for sharing all of this stuff with us thank you i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did why not share it with anyone you think might be interested and even head over to itunes to give us a glowing review You'll find more about what's coming up on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rapid change matters hyphen podcast. And of course, you'll find all the links related to this episode, plus those upcoming live events that will help you hone those change work skills.